morning. You're listening to Q Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. Q Talk Radio is a program of the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Center. And on today's episode, I'm going to be joined by our new and latest co-host, Ana Bernal. And we're also going to be discussing DACA with attorney Patrick Valdez. But first, let's listen to some music.
And you were just listening to I Love You Madly by Irene Diaz. Now, I'm excited to be back on Airway for you. Uh, once again, you're listening to Q Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. Joining me is our new host here at Q Talk Radio, Adna, Ana Bernal. Ana Bernal is the executive director and founder of Q Youth Foundation. Q Youth Foundation is a startup nonprofit organization dedicated and in, and create um, and creating environments of safe, brave spaces for LGBTQIA plus SOGI communities in Los Angeles. Please help me welcome Anna Bernal. Good morning, Anna. How are you? Good morning, Javier. Can you hear me? Yes, I could hear you. <laughs> Hello. Oh, great. Hi, yes. I can hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> Absolutely. Loud and clear. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um. Well, All right, wait a second. Uh, wait, being a co-host, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Just gonna say. <laughs> um, and and uh, so I just I just wanted to take this first opportunity to welcome you and and introduce you as a co-host. But you know, um, this will be a regular thing, and and no introductions will be needed. But. Um, in in light of this being the first time we're on air together, um, I just wanted to have people get to hear a little bit about who you are um, and have you speak about QU Foundation and the work that you're all doing uh, there. Can you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, so, as you know, um, I, I founded and. QU Foundation back in 2013, and the purpose for me to do that was because I grew up in Northeast L.A., and I I still went back from college. There wasn't uh, any places for the LGBT community to, to commune or to, to hang out. Um, it was all directed towards the West Hollywood area. And so I attempted to make my, my journey out that way a couple of times, but I, it wasn't an environment that I was able to connect with. And I felt that uh, maybe there's still people here in Northeast LA or East LA that, you know, have those, those types of, uh, um, you know, issues where, where they, they can't find spaces where they can hang out and just kind of meet other people with uh, the same interests. So uh, initially back in 2003, I had thought that maybe, I can connect the youth, uh, start creating those spaces. Uh, but it, it, it actually turned out to be that the entire community needed more uh, places to come and hang out and meet other folks that is out of the party scene, out of the bar scene. Uh, from that, uh, Eastside Queer Stories storytelling uh, became uh, kind of the staple. And so we, I would find spaces out in like coffee shops, uh, bookstores, autonomous spaces where we can gather a couple of people, um, tell some stories and mingle, and then uh, hopefully other people would come around and, and, and make friends. Um, but now that has kind of grown to uh, start documenting our stories and writing about our stories and telling our own stories and having people from our own community um, kind of continue that tradition in, in a sense. So that's how the, the play festival became a part of QU Foundation. The East, it became from, it went from Eastside Queer Storytelling to Eastside Queer Story, uh, Stories Play Festival. And uh, that's been the, the last two years, uh, labor of love, all volunteer. Um, and little by little, we're, we're, we're building this, the Eastside and uh, community together. And that's where I'm at, I think. Well, you know, I, I've seen that you're you've been quite um, uh, busy, you know, developing the organization and really having people, um, you know, get involved and and to basically raise awareness about what you guys are doing. And I've seen, you know, great a great response. Um, but that being said, I mean, you still need sponsorship and you still need to be able to sell tickets and you still need people to to uh, you know financially support the organization and to buy tickets right. to, to come out. Right. And how can people, you know, be of support in that way? 
Um, yeah, absolutely. We we all we need to support uh, financially to get uh, a lot of these programs going because it is all volunteer and and um, people can go to our website at uh, www Q as in the letter uh, queer like Q like Q Talk Radio Q Youth Y O U T H Foundation dot O R G and we have links there to donate. We have links there on our programs. We have the links to the ticket sales for the play that's coming up in October thirteenth, uh, fourteenth, and fifteenth to celebrate National Coming Out Week. And I would say, you know, to to make sure to follow Key Youth Foundation on social media. I've seen sort of the the uh, gradual steps from you know. Um, folks getting together, putting auditions together to, you know, seeing you post photos of your, your readings. And, and that alone is exciting. I I wanted to ask you, um, seeing all of that, what do you think um, are some of the differences that you see in today's queer youth compared to past generations? I, I see more um, community members like, um, that needs space to to come together, but it, it's multi generational. It's not necessarily youth based. Uh, there's all different peoples from all different to- uh, walks of life coming together, and I it it kind of um, I notice that pe- the youth that do come in are are open and willing to share their experiences, and even the um, uh, other generations like my generation that that. Um, are willing to have that open communication as well. But I feel that the, the youth that do come in, the, the 18 through 24 is considered youth, they're very aware. Um, they know uh, a lot of times they, they, they know their identities. They know how to express that uh, with each other, like gender pronouns, um, uh, sexual, you know, every, it's a spectrum. That's what the SOGI means. Um, S-O-G-I-E, it's a, uh, an acronym that is used uh, mostly in academia and then also internationally, uh, the sexual orientation, gender, identity, and expression. So I think the youth have a lot of uh, connection to that already. It's like they've learned it. We just need a, the older generation to kind of, kind of have to have to learn a little bit more, and, and I've noticed that sometimes the older generation is a little bit closed off, uh, just because it's it's the fear that remains from the past. You know, I, I, we were talking about this. I think the last time that you and I um, met, and I, I can definitely relate to the uh, feeling of not being in tune or a part of the lexicon that that young queer people are using. But I definitely, you know, I, I try to, you know, kind of stand to the side and listen. And I think um, sometimes that, that may be difficult for some people to do. Because for me, I can say that I, I want to be open to learning about today's youth. But that also means that I have to make um, sense of the fact that I'm no longer a youth. And, you know, I think sometimes I've seen difficulty with some community members wanting to kind of just be set in their ways and, and, and feel comfortable and they feel comfortable there. And, and so that's, that's one of the things I think that I've seen from the, the uh, festival or QU foundation. Uh, I know that it's definitely, you know, um, push the margin uh, for me at least and having attended uh, last year I, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that because you do talk about um, in, in your plays you, you touch on stories that affect you know uh, transgender people um, people of color um, I think there was uh, the, one of the segments that really that really touched home for me was the segment where there was an HIV positive character. And, you know, I think more and more as, as um, we move in uh, towards a direction where PrEP is the, the, on the forefront of the discussion, uh, we really don't talk about HIV 
um, as part of today's reality. It's always sort of discussed, uh, talked about as though it happened, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I do value that about, you know, the stories you guys are telling. Um, is that, is that all intentional? Actually, all the stories that were developed for last year, those are all the writers' stories that they, we just kind of were the the vehicle for them to produce those stories. So a lot of the times the stories that were written are closely connected to their realities, Um, like the HIV. And I know that, like you said, people don't talk about HIV as much or it's just kind of seen as a, oh, I'm going to get tested, or, okay, it's kind of like a run-of-the-mill, but PrEP and and being undetectable is like the latest thing that's happening within the field where um, people are surviving and and living longer and uh, with the medications, but there's still people who still have the high-risk behaviors of uh, where they are, uh, where they become reactive to HIV and and they have to live with the the, uh, virus. And so um, storytelling is really powerful because we get to go back and, and listen and watch the performance uh, on an individual who was recently diagnosed with, with, uh, with HIV. Um, and, you know, people kind of forget that, oh, you know, this is a serious thing. This is continuously happening. Um, people are still getting infected. Um, it's it's not going away. Uh, there are better medications for it and a better way um, where you can live a healthier life. Uh, but all the stories that we that are written, including the the trans the trans stories. Um, those are hardly ever told, and I have uh, actual this year we have a trans individual who is who's playing multiple roles, uh, but one role in particular in one of the plays that we're going to be presenting in October um, talks about that struggle, that inner struggle be, about a parent, uh, a trans individual, and their their past. Uh, as as this was. Um, it's it's very powerful. I can't explain it. We ha- you have to come and watch it because it's it's really hard to explain the dynamics of what one person goes through in one body. Um, and so I actually have trans individuals in in the play this year, um, and they're not playing those typical stereotype roles of of a, a transgender woman hooker, as as one of the actors put it for me. They were like really happy to hear like. These stories are great. I, I'm not playing a transgender hooker <laughs> or, or a street or sex worker or something. I'm like, no, these are stories from the community. So that's why, um, that's why there's, it's very different. It's very different from other roles that you would see out there written by other, other, other organizations or companies or entertainment uh, places, uh, orgs. Well, I, you know, I, I know that we're talking about a lot of um, elements that that definitely also have a political uh, touch to them, and in many cases are fully political. And you know, I know that on today's episode, we're going to be talking to Attorney Patrick Valdez about DACA. And so, I, I, mm-hmm. I think this is really, you know, in line with that discussion because you know, um, who are these recipients? Uh, I know that for the most part, we're talking about, uh, you know. People who who are seen as just the children that were uh, that came here with parents, but these children have you know a full life, and and there are queer dreamers, and and I've seen this time and time again, um, uh, and I just want to make sure that that when we talk about DACA, that we're not just talking about you know this idea that there's one prototype uh, that that one person represents all of the dreamers. And, and so I, it was really important for me to reach out to, to Patrick Valdez and, and hope that, you know, we can really add in that element where we're talking about um, uh, queer people of color um, who are affected by DACA. And so let me go ahead and introduce him now. Um, and, you know, I think that, that 
that, you know, we want to make sure that we provide as much information as possible. So let me go ahead and say that, you know, that Patrick Belt has received a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of San Diego in 1991. And then in 1999, he earned a Juris Doctorate from the Southwestern University of Law. And he's also the founder of Valdez Law Firm. Um, so with that being said, Patrick, welcome to the show. Good, Hi, good morning, morning, Patrick. Everyone. How are you? How are you? Good I'm morning, doing really good. Good morning. Good, good. good morning, Patrick. How is everybody today? We're, do, well, we're doing good. Doing Sorry, you know, we're having some technical <laughs> difficulties earlier. And so, Can you hear me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all on now. No. Yeah, we're all on now. <laughs> So um, we're here to talk about some immigration news. As we all know, uh, Donald Trump has made an announcement to end the DACA program, and it was to the dismay of of every immigration practitioner I know, as well as uh, the majority of the country. Um, It sounds like, and what appears to be, that we're going to be phasing out the program. Um, It's not going to end immediately. Um, Those people that um, have their work permits expiring during the next six months should be filing renewals before the 5th of October, and that should protect their presence in this country for the following two years once that renewal is approved. Um, Those people who aren't eligible to renew their work permits, um, their work permits will expire and without the option of renewal. Now, it seems like uh, the Donald has uh, kicked the can to the Congress asking them to pass something, and Democratic leaders in both the House and the Senate have met with uh, the president, and they have appeared to come to some sort of agreement with uh, long-lasting legislation, and the term they used was enshrining um, some protection for these dreamers. Um, Now, there are Republicans in Congress that support this legislation, but it's becoming intensely political. Um, The most recent article that I read seems to indicate that they want um, part of the RAISE Act to be included in any sort of comprehensive immigration reform. And if you recall, um, there were calls to uh, limit legal immigration to the United States and reduce it to a point system based on whether or not you're fluent in English or whether or not you have a certain um, level of education. Um, this lacks a lot of compassion and sort of flies in the face of um, how people immigrated to the United States historically. Um, but it's being argued zealously, um, both in favor of protecting dreamers and also those who want to adopt this new approach to immigrating to the United States. Um, but what I, my word of advice to everybody who's a dreamer and who holds these, who, who, who hold these work permits, is to be cautiously optimistic. If you need to renew your work permit, do so before the fifth. There are several nonprofits, there are several law firms, including my own that are renewing these work permits free of charge, find one of us, get it done before the October 5th, make sure it ha- the application has to be accepted by the government by October 5th. That doesn't mean mail it in October 5th. We're not talking about a postmark. We're talking about it has to be in their hands and accepted by that date, which means you've got to mail it out earlier. So take that opportunity to do that. Um, aside from DACA, If you have the opportunity to protect your presence in this country, please do so through a marriage. Fortunately, um, the U.S. government is now recognizing same-sex marriages. Um, So if you are planning to get married and if you are undocumented or if you are a non-immigrant and you're marrying a U.S. citizen or even a legal permanent resident, take the opportunity to make that decision. It's not an easy decision to make. I always tell my clients that, the the person you marry is probably the most important decision you make in your life. Um, but if you are making that decision and if you have the opportunity to immigrate through your spouse, take the opportunity to do so now. Um, if you've ever had contact with the immigration authorities in the past, find out, get the information that you need, the date, the time, the location. If you've ever applied for a work permit aside from DACA, take the time to find out what's happened to those applications. You don't want any surprises in the process of immigrating to the United States. Um, but be cautiously hopeful. I am. Um, I, I think people should continue to live their lives and to not live in fear. 
um, continue their education, yeah. pursue their careers, and and hope for the best. What can people do to support dreamers? Um, well, I'm an employer, uh, and I have two dreamers on my staff. Um, their job is secure, regardless of what may happen. Um, Another way, if you're not an employer, is to keep them informed. There's always a lot of misinformation in the immigration world. It's important that people have good inf uh, information in regards to protecting uh, their presence in the United States. And just support them in every way. Make sure they have the resources to continue living their lives, whether it be education. So if you're a teacher, if you work at a university, support these students. They're, they're, they have dreams just like the students who are here as uh, legal residents or U.S. citizens. Make sure that they're informed and support them in their endeavors. If you are an employer, support these people as well and reassure them that they have futures either with, with your company or in whatever career that they pursue. And if you are members, if you have family members that are doctors, all, uh, DACA members, all I can say is please Love them, embrace them uh, for who they are as people and individuals, and and reassure them that that it it, it does get better. It's just a matter of uh, what route they're going to take to 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 secure their presence in this country. So, hi, Patrick. Um, I'm curious to find out um, where can we get the most accurate information in regards to like employers out there that want to help but are kind of afraid to step up uh, and where they feel that they, they are doing the right thing in, in helping dreamers and, and in the community? That's a, that's a great question. Um, if you're an employer, you're going to need the advice of a, the advice of a qualified um, immigration attorney. Um, the, the attorneys here at the Valdez Law Firm, we, we represent employers as well in this context, not just individuals. And I routinely um, give legal advice to people who employ immigrants that they want to help immigrate to the United States or those people who have DACA um, recipients, DACA benefit recipients on their, um, on their staff. So if you're an employer and you have those questions, it's absolutely critical that you find a qualified, licensed attorney that specializes in immigration. Um, for that kind of advice. You don't want to go to a non-attorney. You don't want to rely on gossip in the street. You want you want good advice, and anybody who's running a business needs to get that advice from a lawyer. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Mm -hmm. Are we still there? We're here. Um, I, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, just wanted to make sure that there's enough space for for you to 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 you know kind of enlighten us um, with the, the information. I think you know oftentimes I feel that you know um, I stay up to date to re, you know reading the news, but it's it's really it, I um we're at a time where I also question the news that's being put out. You know, so it's it's important to speak to somebody with a little bit more authority on the issue. And so also I'm curious to know, is there, is there um, something that, you know, um, our queer, queer dreamers need to be aware of in terms of, um, you know, filing, uh, you know, you were talking about the idea of marriage, um, you know, does this apply to folks who are in domestic relationships? Uh, you know, what is, are there any differences, or is oh, the, the filing there process are huge exactly the same? There are huge differences. The the U.S. government's not going to recognize a domestic partnership, even if that domestic partnership is recognized under state law. It, you need to have a legal marriage. Um, what one thing I, I have to I have to I have to give a caveat here. A, a marriage has to be a bona fide marriage. You can't just simply marry your friend to help them. Um, you have to have a bona fide marriage. And what a bona fide marriage is, is a marriage that exists for reasons other than to gain an immigration benefit. A bona fide marriage is a marriage that exists for reasons other than to gain an immigration benefit. So it could be you can people get married for all sorts of reasons 
for financial security or for because they've been together for a long time and they want to protect themselves legally. Um, but what what is critical is that if you're just getting married just to gain an immigration benefit, the U.S. government's not going to recognize that marriage. Not only are they not going to recognize it, but it can get your your friend who's the immigrant into a lot of trouble. Um, the consequences of marriage fraud are very are dire, and it could foreclose them ever immigrating to the United States in the future if you're not careful. So I, when people come in, I always say just make sure that it's a bona fide marriage, that the marriage exists for reasons other than to gain an immigration benefit, and also it's the most important decision you make in your life, so make it, make it wisely. Um, there are family law issues that cross over into my practice as well. So what I also remind my um, uh, my clients who are part of the LGBT community that are planning on getting married, just realize that you're not just simply cohabitating, that a marriage is, is, a, is a legal status. And it's important that you realize that you're assuming you know, legal and financial responsibilities for each other in a marriage. And oftentimes that involves um, you know, commingling of assets, that involves assuming legal responsibility for the other and it's it's a big decision to make and it's important that that time and energy is spent thinking about that and and thinking about um the future together and what it represents in terms of acquiring property assuming debt um assuming financial and legal responsibility for somebody who has health challenges um testamentary um um, laws also come into play in terms of somebody who's going to inherit property or assets or also debts after somebody passes away. That all goes along with becoming a sp- somebody's spouse. And so after I give them that advice, you know, oftentimes my clients, um, whether they're, they're part of the LGBT community or not, they think about it. They think long and hard about it. And then more, more times than not, they come back and there's a marriage and they they appear to be very happy, and, and we proceed with the immigration um, applications that um, that need to be filed with the government. I have faith that you're still are, there. Are there people <laughs> who are trying to take advantage of dreamers? Taking advantage of dreamers? Well, that's a good that's a good question. There are people out there, and they're usually non-lawyers, we, we, the term that we use, they're called notarios, um, they are untrained, they're not lawyers, they're not familiar with the law, um, they believe in this myth that applying for immigration benefits is just as simple as filling out a form, and oftentimes they charge exorbitant fees, um, and they, they, they take advantage of people. Um, they will flat out misrepresent the truth in terms of whether or not somebody qualifies for an immigration benefit and then take their money. And then oftentimes their offices are open for a short period of time and then they disappear. Everybody, everybody, need be forewarned. Stay away from those people. Um, the best thing in the world, especially if you are looking to renew your DACA application, find yourself to your way to a nonprofit that's doing them for free or a private law firm that's doing them for free. Here at the Valdez Law Firm, we, the moment that it was announced that we have a deadline of October 5th, we announced that we are doing the renewals for absolutely free. They'll be reviewed by a lawyer. Um, they'll be prepared by a lawyer, uh, and they'll be mailed out on time. Um, and, and those are the circumstances under which you want to seek help and nothing else. There are plenty of fine nonprofits in, in Southern California that are reaching out to, to DACA holders as well. All The big ones are Chirla um, Caresen and Edmunda Mexicana. They're all reputable. Find one, and, and they'll help you as well. Um, Patrick, are, is there a resource list where we can find all these uh uh, organizations. Um, I just know for a fact that Churla, I mean, you have to get there at 3 a.m., uh, wait in line, and there's a line going up and around the block around that building. Um, <laughs> it's, That's it's true. true. As soon as as soon as uh, Trump was was uh, uh, elected, I mean, that's what happened. There's there's people in fear in Los Angeles, and I'm sure in other major cities as well. That uh, is there a resource list where or some sort of guide for people to go and 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 maybe sign up for an appointment or, or anything like that that you know of? Um, in terms of a resource list per se, um, not that I'm a f- familiar with, but honestly, go online, search for DACA renewals, 
find immigration nonprofits. The resources are there. And again, there are plenty, and I mean plenty, of immigration law firms that are preparing these applications for free, just like, just like those nonprofits. Find a reputable immigration lawyer, a reputable immigration law firm, give them a call. I need to renew my DACA, my DACA um, permit. Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, we're renewing them for free. Just come in. What's really nice about the immigration bar, not only in Los Angeles but in the country, is that on this issue, we are, we are really working together, and we are really trying to protect these, 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 these kids that were brought here um, as children. Um, so just, again, find one of us. It's not, it's not that hard to find. You can walk downtown and you can find a, an immigration law firm that will, that will prepare these applications. Again, the Valdez Law Firm, we were among others that are preparing these applications for free. Our telephone number is 888-800-8550. 888-800-8550. Give us a call. Make an appointment. Make sure you do it in plenty of time to prepare your applications before the 5th. We've got about 10 days to do it. Give us a call. We'll prepare these applications for free. Bring the filing fees. We'll get it in on time. Um, but just find one of us. Honestly, um, they're not hard to find. We are not hard to find. So, Also, I had a question for you, Patrick. I mean, going through all these uh, uh, all these changes in Congress and, and our leadership and uh, the administration that's happening here in, in the state, um, a lot of it's uh, unprecedented. I guess that's the word I can use. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so new. Like people are so confused and very scared or, or angry or, um, or just they just don't know how to mobilize or they have mobilized and they're, they're just kind of getting that, that the, res- the response that's, um, so polarized, right? So, what do you think is going to happen with the, this this uh, with DACA? Do you think it will have something else come on board? Do you think that um, it's going to completely go away? Or I, I just don't know what our queer folk are going to be able to do that who well, are undocumented and like mm-hmm. I said before, like I said before, do not live in fear. Live your lives. Pursue your dreams, always. Also, the worst time to make a decision is, is when you're afraid or to make a decision out of fear. And, and you don't want to do that either. Um, in terms of reading the tea leaves, that's what's going to happen to DACA. My gut feeling that it's, the program is, is going to end. It's not coming back. And something is going to be passed through Congress. Now, I, a lot of my colleagues are very pessimistic about it. I don't think we should count our chickens before they hatch either, but I am I am hopeful. I think a lot of LGBT um, um, members of our community are going to harbor a lot of fear. Um, they are used to fighting for everything that they have in this world, and they are facing the re- a return to a country that perhaps is unaccepting of who they are as people. And that's a daunting prospect. Um, but have faith that there are options. Again, um, if you plan on getting married, um, there are also asylum laws that are here in this country that will protect people from persecution, in particular if they've suffered from persecution in their native country in the past. Now, I don't. Asylum is 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 a very daunting thing to file. You really have to prepare those applications well. They're not. It's not a slam dunk to win an asylum case out of Mexico anymore. It just it just isn't. Um, and more importantly, um, you don't want to file a frivolous asylum application, nor should you be filing affirmative asylum applications unless you know for certain uh, that you have a very, very, very strong case. Um, there again, going back to notarios, there are a lot of non-attorneys that will just throw people into the uh, file a frivolous, essentially a frivolous asylum application, just for the sake of pulling a work permit. That's probably the worst thing anybody can do. Um, the preparation of an asylum application needs to be reviewed by again a qualified attorney. You you should not submit an application unless you know you have a very 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 good claim. And if you don't, then you should for you know, forego that option and pursue other ways of protecting your life in this country. We are lucky, and I think a lot of people should focus on that, that, you know, at least 
us here. We live in California. We live in a state that's protecting immigrants. And if you are a member of the LGBT community in Los Angeles or even San Francisco or other cities in this country, you you live in a place where um, you're going to be relatively safe. Um, most law enforcement agencies um, that in the Los Angeles area, they're not cooperating with the immig- immigration authorities like, say, in Arizona or in the state of Texas. Um, but there's things that you can do. Obviously, don't don't get arrested. Um, there were a lot of people that were protesting earlier on, and my advice to them, right after the election, is you know don't don't risk getting arrested. That would be a huge mistake. So as much as you want to exercise your First Amendment rights, which a lot of people should, but at the same time you need to weigh that against the prospect of 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 of, of jeopardizing your presence in this country and being arrested by the police is a is a is a is a direct flight to the immigration courts. So please be careful. You obviously don't want to break any laws. Um, if you ever had um, an application before the immigration court, or if your parents ever applied for immigration benefits. Um, for, on your behalf and you're wondering what happened to those to those applications, find your way to a qualified immigration attorney. That attorney will do a thorough background check, which is relatively easy to do. My firm, we routinely, we pull Cal DOJ fingerprints, California Department of Justice. We do FBI fingerprinting. And then once we get that information, we submit requests under the Freedom of Information Act uh, to um, USCIS, United States Citizenship and Immigration Service, Customs and Border Patrol, the State Department, and then also the immigration courts to get a thorough background of, of, of what's been submitted, and you have a clear picture as to what your options are when you have obviously complete and correct information, take the opportunity to do that. Now is the time. Um, it, but in terms of protecting yourselves, you know, I recommend also I don't pass the, the, the checkpoint, the immigration checkpoint in San Onofre on the way to San Diego or in Temecula. Um, I recommend that you don't go to states that have um, committed themselves to cooperating with removal efforts that the Trump administration wants, has been implementing. And also make certain that you – you stay away from anything that's going to get you into trouble. I always tell people, it's like, you know, you always have that one crazy friend, that one crazy friend who's always a little too drunk, the one crazy friend who probably get, perhaps gets high a little too often. Stay out of their cars. Don't go to their homes. And be judicious about who you, you spend your time with. Um, that would be another, especially young people. Um, people are a little cavalier about using marijuana, for example. You can't, you can't do those sorts of things. Um, Oftentimes, people that are in doctor, they're so used to being here that this, essentially the United States is their home and it is their country, but legally it's not. And complacency sets in. So what's the big deal about going to the beach and, and being a little rowdy there? Well, the big deal is, is that you will attract a police officer, and that police officer may catch you doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And that results in you being arrested, and that arrest results in you being having contact with ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement. And before you know it, you're in front of an immigration judge having to qualify or apply for a bond that you may get or may not get. Um, immigration detention is not a place you want to be. So again, be careful, be wise, live your life, but don't be afraid, but be smart. And I think that's the best thing that anybody who, any young person who is a dreamer, um, literally, and then also as a matter of law, should, should, should do just, just protect yourselves. Well, I know, I know we can keep talking about, uh, this subject, uh, it's uh, you know, I want to make sure that we leave an you know an open door and that you know that you're welcome to come back and speak to us more about not just dreamers but immigration in general. Um, I think you know part of the discussion about immigration has a lot to do with dreamers right now. But I also want to make sure that we acknowledge that you know there are there are many sorts of immigrants. And, um, you know, but I just wanted to make sure that today we did discuss uh, DACA particularly um, because it's, it's what's on the forefront. Um, but can we invite you to come back another day and speak more about the immigration process, um, you know, how to become a U.S. citizen, how to, you know, 
um, just maybe take some calls from folks that have questions about how to properly file or, or how to file on a budget and questions of that nature. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. I would love, and thank you for today's invitation, and I would love to come back. Just shout out to everybody. The deadline is October 5th. If you have to renew your work permit, if you're a DACA recipient and renew your work permit in the next six months, you have to file. Do not waste a day. Get it done. But yes, I would love to come back. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Patrick. Have a good day. Anytime. Likewise. Be well. Thank you, Anna. Bye. Bye. So, what was that like for you, um, Anna? I, I, it, was it, uh, you know, did did you feel like you took something from today's discussion? I... Yeah, um, Javier. I think uh, I, there's a lot of questions um, within the LGBT community that I, that in regards to this issue, uh, like our trans individuals who are going through ID changes and, and what if they're also um, under the DACA and, and what do they have to do? There's a lot of questions about that, a lot of documentation that needs to happen and a lot of information. Um, I think of more questions to ask Patrick in regards to this issue and then this, um, uh, but yeah, I, I felt that he had a lot of great information I think that he he kind of helped us um, have a little bit of hope, but at the same time, the sense of urgency of 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 being um, of applying and getting things rolling on time because the the queues are long, and you don't want your paperwork to go um, and to to fall behind or to get in the bottom of that stack. And just try to get everybody in there as fast as possible and as, and as efficient as possible as well. Yeah, it sounds like I, I had more questions um, come up for me during the discussion that I, that, that I could even think of before. And, you know, I've heard of these sanctuary housings and I wanted to ask them about that, but, you know, I know that our time is, is a bit short today and I, so we'll have to invite him back and, you know, I just want to make sure that the number that he shared is, um, is put out there once again to reach Patrick's law firm, which is by this yeah. law, uh, you could do so by calling a toll-free number at 888-800-8550. Um, and so, uh, you know, please message us, uh, message us with questions. You can reach us at QTalk Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we'll be happy to, you know, relay those questions the next time Patrick is is around. You could also comment uh, at the bottom of this episode description. And if you'd like to download the QTalk Radio app, you can do so by visiting the App Store. We're available on Apple and Google Play. And then you can also visit us at qtalkradio.com. We're going to leave you listening to A Perfect World by Leo Vargas. And Ana, thank you so much for being my co-host. And I look forward to our next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Javier, for uh, bringing me on board. Uh, I think it's going to be an incredible journey for both of us. Uh, And I'm very thankful and grateful. And I will... um, yeah, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, for more information on QU Foundation, visit qufoundation.org. And now we'll leave you with Leo Vargas, A Perfect World. The power is in our hands. If we just have faith that we can make a perfect world. Eine perfekte Welt. A perfect world. Oh, love. perfect. There'd be no port, no land to fight for, and we wouldn't have to struggle anymore. There would be peace. This is how it could be in a perfect world. In a 
perfect world, a world we keep and change. Everything. 